3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama. And I want to go ahead and tell you guys, there is... I'm talking about a little bit of history. I found a lot of history from the furnaces and how they became the furnaces themselves. So I hope you guys don't mind, but I'm going to read a little bit. We're going to read a little bit of the history behind the Sloss Furnaces, and then we're going to get into the haunting part of James Slag Wormwood. So, we'll go ahead and get started on the history. In the years following the Civil War, railroad men, land developers, and speculators moved into Jones Valley to take advantage of the area's rich mineral resources. All the ingredients needed to make iron lay within a 30-mile radius. Seams of iron ore stretch for 25 miles through Red Mountain, the southeastern boundary of Jones Valley. To the north and west were abundant deposits of coal, white limestone, dolomite, and clay underlay the valley itself. In 1871, southern entrepreneurs found a new city called Birmingham and began the systematic exploitation of its minerals. One of these men was Colonel James Withers Sloss, a North Alabama merchant and a railroad man. Colonel Sloss played an important role in the founding of the city by convincing the L&N Railroad to capitalize completion of the South and North Rail Line through Jones Valley, the site of the new town. In 1880, having helped form the Pratt Coke and Coal Company, which mined and sold Birmingham's first high-grade coking coal, he founded the Sloss Furnace Company and two years later blew in the second blast furnace in Birmingham. Construction of Sloss's new furnace, City Furnaces, began in June 1881 when ground was broken on a 50-acre site that had been donated by the Ellison Land Company. Harry Hargreaves, a European-born engineer, was in charge of construction. Hargreaves had been a pupil of Thomas Whitwell, a British inventor who designed the stoves that would supply the hot air blast for new furnaces. 60 feet high and 18 feet in diameter. Sloss's new Whitwell stoves were the first of their type ever built in Birmingham and were comparable to similar equipment used in the North. Local observers were proud that much of the machinery used by Sloss's new furnaces would be of Southern manufacture. It included two blowing engines and 10 boilers, 30 feet long and 46 inches in diameter. In April of 1882, the furnaces went into blast. After its first year of operations, the furnace had sold 24,000 tons of iron. At the 1883 Louisville Exposition, the company won a bronze medal for best pig iron, which pig iron, by the way, is just crude iron. It's basically just the iron that we use today to make steel. All right. So during the 1880s, as pig iron production in Alabama grew from 68,995 to 706,629 gross tons, No fewer than 19 blast furnaces would be built in Jefferson County alone. Per Dr. W. David Lewis, author of Sloss Furnaces and the Rise of the Birmingham District, Sloss Furnaces was born at a time when the doldrums of the post-war era had ended and the South was feeling a measure of confidence for the first time since the opening years of the Civil War. 
Town planners, railroad magnates, and industrialists such as Sloss received, as one Alabama newspaper stated, a degree of adulation previously reserved for military heroes. In November 1881, the Birmingham Press promoted Sloss as a candidate for governor. His excellent business qualifications, brilliant intellect, splendid character, and fine executive ability all combined make him the grandest man in Alabama today for our chief executive. He is the very personification of a Christian manhood and integrity, possessing the qualifications of head and heart which we should emulate. Inspired by such rhetoric, Alabama, not surprisingly, eagerly embraced what was being called the gospel of industrialism. James W. Sloss retired in 1886 and sold the company to a group of financiers who guided it through a period of rapid expansion. The company reorganized in 1899 as Sloss Sheffield Steel and Iron, although it was never to make steel. With the acquisition of additional furnaces and extensive mineral lands in northern Alabama, Sloss Sheffield became the second largest merchant pig iron company in the Birmingham district. Company assets included seven blast furnaces, a whopping 1,500 beehive coke ovens, 120,000 acres of coal and ore land, five Jefferson County coal mines, and two red ore mines, brown ore mines, and quarries in North Birmingham. By World War I, Sloss Sheffield was among the largest producers of pig iron in the world. And that's why I wanted to put some of the history in here, because I think that's so cool about all of this. I think it's cool to know how this whole it was so big yes how how it be how it became what it is today well i don't actually think it is that anymore uh it's definitely not operating anymore however i'm not 100 percent sure but i think you can go visit it i don't think it's a museum but i think you can go see it it's still standing but it's definitely not operational anymore but i wanted to put the history in here because i thought it was cool to let you guys know like the background of it and it really made Birmingham yes, boom. Yes, it, and it really helped the rest of the world, the rest of the states. So now we're getting into the haunting of James Slag Wormwood. So from 1882 to 1971, Birmingham Sloss Furnaces transformed coal and ore from surrounding acres into hard steel that would pave the way for the Industrial Revolution. From skyscrapers in New York's glittering skyline to automobiles being built in Detroit, America came to rely on Birmingham and Sloss Furnaces for providing materials needed to produce thousands of products. Birmingham grew to a metropolis almost overnight, earning it the nickname of the Magic City. But as with all progress, a price was paid. In the currency of blood. In the early 1900s, James Slag Wormwood was the foreman of the Graveyard Shift, the period between sunset and sunrise, where a skeleton crew of nearly 150 workers toiled to keep the furnace fed. During the stifling summer months, temperatures throughout the plant would reach more than 120 degrees. Lack of sleep, the heat, and low visibility made working the furnace literally a living hell, and only the poorest workers, desperate for employment, would work it. These workers, mostly recently arrived immigrants, were forced to live in cramped housing located on the furnace site and could be forced at any moment to return to work. To impress his supervisors, Wormwood would make his workers take dangerous risks, forcing them to speed up production. During his reign, 47 workers lost their lives 10 times more than any other shift in the history of the furnace. Countless others lost their ability to work due to accidents, mishaps, 
and even recorded and even a recorded explosion in the small blowing engine house in 1888 that left six workers burned blind. There were no breaks, there were no holidays, there was only the furnace and its constant hunger for more and more coal. In October of 1906, James Slag Wormwood lost his footing at the top of the highest blast furnace, known as Big Alice, and plummeted into a pool of melted iron ore. His body melted instantly. It was reported that Slag must have become dizzy from the methane gas created by the furnace and lost his balance, but Slag had never set foot on top of the furnace during his years of employment. Many thought that the workers had finally had enough of Wormwood's slave driving and fed him to the furnace, but no workers were ever brought to trial. First off, what was it, 47? 47, yeah. 47. 47. More than 10 times more than any other shift. So, number one, that already tells you that people died anyways. So, this place is already haunted, not just by slag Wormwood himself. He was the main person, but I can only, you can only imagine if... 47 workers died under his reign, and then that's 10 times more than the average other shift. So, four. Like, come on. For a shift. So, not only Slagwood haunts this place, the souls of all those other people that died. They were just trying to make money, and they died for it to feed their families and and you know back then in you know early late 1800s, early 1900s, I mean, making money was hard. All these people that are just trying to work, and this furnace company like sauce furnaces was probably since it was the major production line for most of the states i mean it was probably a big help to people who needed jobs and people working there and then dying it's just sad so i can only imagine how haunted it must really be and then how slag died he melted instantly oh my gosh that you know honestly honestly at least it was quick I mean, did he really deserve it to be quick, though? Mm, Probably not. But if I was evil, I probably would still want to die quick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no one wants to suffer, but I'm sure the workers sure did. They wanted him to suffer. Oh, yeah. Like, they made him, like, he made them suffer. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the aftermath of Slag. After he uh, died. Melted. (laughs) (laughs) So Sloss Industries soon discontinued the graveyard shift, citing numerous reports of accidents and strange incidents that decreased steel production. The legend of Slag grew each year after his disappearance. Workers complained of an unnatural presence they increasingly encountered throughout the worksite. A night watchman in 1926 sustained injuries after being pushed from behind and told angrily by a deep voice to get back to work. The man, upon searching the grounds, could find no sign of any other living person. In 1947, three supervisors turned up missing. Found unconscious and locked in the small boiler room in the southeastern part of the plant, none of the three could explain exactly what happened to them, but all agreed they were approached by a man whose skin appeared badly burned and who angrily shouted at them to push some steel. Probably the most horrifying tale occurred in 1971, when the night before the plant closed, Samuel Blumenthal, the Sloss night watchman who was nostalgically taking a last look, found himself face to face with the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He described it simply as evil and half-man, half-demon, who tried to push him up the stairs. 
When Blumenthal refused, the monster began to beat on him with his fist. Upon examination by Dr. Jack Barlow, Blumenthal was found covered with intense burns and he died before ever returning to Sloss. There have been more than a hundred reports of suspected paranormal activity at Sloss Furnaces recorded in Birmingham police records, from minor incidents such as steam whistles apparently blowing by themselves to major sightings and the rare physical assault. It is interesting to note that the majority of these reports happen in the months of September and October at night during the old graveyard shift. Some merely dismiss the occurrences as Halloween hoaxes, but others believe it was the relentlessness of the spirit of the sadistic foreman slag. I definitely don't think that it's a hoax. I Just because of how many people that we already know have died there. And then this evil man dies. Only so many occurrences can be a hoax. Right. No, no one's spending their whole day and night just sitting there trying to play pranks on someone. No. I would start probably believing after about, like, the fourth one, not the hundredth one. But, you know, that's just me. So, in 1988, a study was conducted by the Center for Paranormal Events, the CPE, in St. Petersburg, Florida, on Sloss Furnaces. While no events out of the ordinary occurred during the study, which occurred in May, many of the team members, including two psychics, claimed that due to the violent disregard for and loss of life, Sloss Furnaces should be considered a location rife with restless souls. The Sloss History Panel in the year 2000, Sloss was studied once again by the paranormal team of Fox's Scariest Places who concluded that it was one of the highest rates of unnatural energy they had encountered. In early 2002, a skeptical investigative team from CBS affiliate WJTV investigated the site they left frazzled and convinced that Sloss was haunted, capturing amazing footage that can be seen on their site. In addition, another investigation was held in 2003 by the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research, who quoted that there is no doubt Sloss is a hotspot for paranormal activity. During our investigations, we pulled data that confirms through our scientific methods and approach that energies are present that cannot be explained. Sloss is one of the most paranormally active places our team has investigated. On October 4th of 2003, another assault happened to one of our crew members, Josh Thomas, who had worked at Sloss for many years, suddenly caught fire after seeing a strange shape. He suffered burns up and down his body and was taken to the hospital. He still cannot recall what happened. Strangely enough, this was almost on the exact 32nd anniversary of the Samuel Blumenthal burn attack, the night watchman from 1971. Spooky. Very spooky. Well, in 2005, two psychic investigators from the TV show Airline investigated Sloss Furnaces in the middle of the taping, one of them began to spontaneously bleed from a cut that appeared in his right hand, halting the investigation, but not before the camera crew caught images of spirits on their cameras. In 2009, the Unexplained Mystery Investigation team investigated Sloss and were shocked to capture spiritual shadows on film, and in 2012, the team from Ghost Adventures visited and were physically assaulted again, caught on film which I meant to watch before we recorded this, but oh I personally love Ghost Avengers. It's a little cheesy, but I enjoy it. And in 2014, Taps, Ghost Hunters, visited Sloss Furnace and filmed absolutely phenomenal footage proving that there was a definitive spiritual activity at Sloss and have since returned to capture even more evidence. During the month of October, this historic site is transformed into a Halloween horror factory, 
actual ghosts can be quite unreliable, so they've spent about $300,000 on Hollywood special effects to load the trail with monsters and horrific scenes. They call this the Sloss Fright Furnace, and it includes a spine-tingling walk over the furnace catwalk, underground tunnels, and new dark passageways. In 2017, they included a journey through the childhood home of Slag. Brave participants get a chance to experience the demented memories that drove Slag to madness. Okay, I totally forgot that this was the end of the story. So we have to go to this one day. Yes. We've got to start making a list of where we are going to be going because all of this stuff is so cool. We can go see these haunted houses. And if we freaking go, we're definitely going to be recording and taking pictures. It'll be so cool. So I did not, I forgot that this was at the end of the story. That is my bad. But definitely, Sloss Fright Furnace, definitely going to be Googling that and looking that up and... seeing if we can make a trip down there. (laughs) My resources for this story, though, were slossfurnaces.com, frightfurnace.com, and steelmastersusa.com. Crazy, crazy, crazy story. Like... It was. I remember learning about it on another podcast that I listened to, but just researching it myself, it's like, wow, there's so much stuff that, I don't know, I feel like I either forgot or didn't know or whatever, but... And I, like I said, I really hope you guys enjoyed the history of it because I I did. And I feel like it's important to the story just simply because it's good to know how something came about. It's something about America. It know? definitely is something about America because it... I definitely you know, it, didn't know about it, about how important it was. No, I did not know any of that one until I was researching it. So that was very cool. Any other questions or comments nope. on the story? That's it for today. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and listening to today's story. Don't forget you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All the links can be found on our website, 3amtalesofterror.com. That's three, the number three, not the word. You can also subscribe with your email for updates there as well. Just scroll all the way to the bottom under contact us. You'll find the links to all of our social media. If you have any questions for us or story ideas, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. We hope you'll join us next week, and And we we hope hope you were terrified. terrified.